right. Sorry. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks so much, Fiona. That was awesome to yeah, read a bit of a different way of reading the scripture. And, and this psalm that obviously yeah, repeats this line so, so much. This is the last psalm we're looking at for this series. Um, it's been so great just to spend some time in the psalms and, and go through them. We were talking in our staff meeting. We thought we could just keep going. We could just preach the psalms every week. It's, it's great. It'll take about three years. <laughs> so um, if we just did psalms, so one a week. Um, yeah, so, but it, it's been it's been awesome, and um, yeah, I hope you really really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, maybe have even had a chance to, to practice it with yourself, because kind of the idea is we're obviously teaching and preaching the psalms, but the idea is to encourage this um, way of using them in your own prayer life, to, to use them to sing, um, to pray uh, as as a way to respond to God together. Um, I've actually given you you've got a little handout um, prayer activity. Um, you won't actually need it while I'm while I'm speaking. Um, it doesn't really follow exactly where I'm going um, in order today, but it's a, it's just a prayer response that you could do later to be able to pray um, this psalm for yourself. Um, and I, what we'll do is actually um, leave a bit of time after the service if you want to uh, just stay in in a prayerful posture and and go through that activity. You could, or it's something that you could take home and and do later as well. But it's it's not not so much sermon notes. It's more like a personal prayer response. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go through through this psalm, and um, it like we've already heard through through that communion um, poem that that Haley wrote and and that video she made, which is so beautiful, and and through just reading this um, passage and and even through the songs that we're we're singing, it's all about God's story. Um, it's all about telling the story of of who He is, and ultimately telling the story of Jesus. And it's interesting um, to think like if you had to summarize. Uh, the Bible, um, or even bigger than that, if you had to summarize human history, um, if you had to summarize who God is in a phrase, this is the phrase this psalmist picks, his love endures forever. That's the story. <laughs> that, and, and he repeats it again and again and again in a phrase. And um, obviously, the, the, the practice of responding to that is actually something that happens throughout Scripture in different ways, that it, this, um, this idea of responding with that um, confident assertion that His love endures forever. And that's in many Psalms of, of praise, that are praising God because of that. But even in the Psalms, and there's, we haven't looked at that many this time, but there's many Psalms which are uh, written by people who are in deep doubt and, and fear and, and trouble. They're not um, feeling necessarily or experiencing necessarily God's love. But even in that place, they hold on to the fact that God's love endures forever. They're reminding themselves of that. So this is this phrase and this um, theme that's all through the Psalms and all through Scripture. Um, We see it summarized right at the start of this um, Psalm. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. This is who He is, a God of love and enduring, steadfast, patient love. And the, the word is this word, that's a Hebrew word, hesed, which is, which is bigger than just love, is, is faithfulness, is grace, is loving kindness, is steadfastness, his commitment to us. And ultimately, though, like that, that's true of God. And this psalm starts by just saying that God is the greatest and he's good and he's full of steadfast love. But then what it does is tells the story. It revisits the story. Because ultimately, the way you know somebody is by hearing their story or being a part of their, their story. Like we can sort of talk about a character or we can talk about God and give facts about him, 
But the ultimate way to experience and, and know and see his character is to know his story, to see how he interacts with people. And we get to see how he's interacted with the world over thousands of years and generations. And then also to experience how he relates to us personally. But this psalm goes through, um, effectively, in some ways, the big picture story of the whole world and also specifically the story of Israel. So we're going to kind of track through this psalm fairly quickly and then kind of um, yeah, use it as a bit of a tool um, for ourselves as well. So the, the story goes right back to the very beginning with creation. It says, again, it's implied, Give thanks to him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. The story of the world, the story of the Bible um, not God's story, right? God's story has been going for eternity. Who he, he, he is has been always been the God of love and, and goodness, the God of gods. But then the story of Scripture, our story starts with um, him out of his abundant love and generosity creating a world. That actually the world is an expression of his goodness and his enduring love. Um, all that we have um, is a gift from him. By his power, he makes the heavens, which is obviously he, he makes heaven itself, but then he also makes the sky, uh, the beautiful sky and, and world that we enjoy, the earth, um, the whole universe. Uh, in the Genesis story, he makes order out of chaos. There's chaos in the waters, and, but the spirit is hovering, and he brings dry land together, and he creates this beautiful, safe place for people to live and flourish and enjoy life. And... Um, it's even just an expression of his enduring love that we are here, <laughs> that the earth is still here. Uh, it's quite amazing in some ways. That it, it, it's, it's the, the creation operates. God sustains life here in the universe. And he's so wise. He's done it from his wisdom. But it's not just that he's made space to dwell in, but then he also lights that space. We give thanks for the one who made the great lights for his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. The light that we enjoy is a gift from him. He created the sun, which is uh, impossible to comprehend. He set the stars in place. Uh, we don't live in darkness because of his generosity and, and love. And this psalm writer is, is remembering that story and can see his enduring love in creation. We see his enduring love in the story of creation. Uh, we can read the story, but we can also just look around at the world. And it's a testament to God's love and faithfulness and generosity. Actually, all that we have is a gift. So the psalmist starts right back in the beginning. God's power and acts and love in creation is who he is. And then starts to specifically, though, look at the story of Israel and how God relates to Israel and his love toward them. He goes on and is recounting the Exodus story. He says, Give thanks to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. His love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. His love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. This is really the defining story for Israel. It's like their foundational story. Like the foundational story for the world is, is Genesis, but really the foundational story for um, uh, Israel is really Exodus. Like they obviously were created through God, God's promise through Abraham, but they truly became a nation when God brought them out of Egypt. Um, and God worked so powerfully 
to deliver them from Egypt with, with, with plagues and then ultimately the firstborn of Egypt dying, though the firstborn of Israel being spared. And um, he, he rescues them. These people who are weak, who are slaves, who are oppressed, he hears their cry, he cares for them, and he delivers them. But he also rescues them and t- totally defeats this, this army. It says, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever, because they leave Israel, but then the Pharaoh's army chases them, and they come to a dead end with the Red Sea and the armies of Egypt behind them, and they don't know what to do, and then God just makes a way. Um, he, he divides the sea asunder. It's like this idea of his sword just splits and makes a way, and they pass through the sea. He brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. It's this story of God's powerful deliverance in a situation where only he could work and rescue them, which is just reinforced again and again, and a story of him totally defeating their enemies, which would have been impossible for them. But he just, God deals with their enemies and sets slaves free. We see his enduring love in the story of Israel's redemption. This is a God who, who loves his people and, and rescues them and brings them out of slavery into freedom. The psalm goes on, though. It's continuing to recount the story. It's not just that God rescues them, but then continues to, to lead them and, and provide for them. It says in verse 16, To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. If you know the story, he brings them out of Egypt, but brings them into a wilderness. There's no food, there's dangers all around, yet God provides. He provides miraculous bread. He provides miraculous water. He, he leads them. He dwells with them. He protects them and um, defeats their, their enemies. And then ultimately, they're on this journey to get to the promised land, and he leads them faithfully. The psalm even celebrates that. Um, it talks about the, the Sion king of Amorites, one of the kings sort of on the journey. Um, his love endures forever. And Og king of Bashan, his love endures forever. Gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. So they can look back on their story and see God. God this is the God who created and this is the God who rescued us, and this is the God who provided for us in the wilderness, and then actually brought us into the promised land. He did what he said he would do. He is faithful, and he provides. But then the psalm kind of, as it finishes, so it kind of starts like broad, and then narrows in really on the story of Israel, where we see God's character, and so much of scripture is that story. But then it says, but he's also faithful to everybody, and he's also providing to everybody to finish. It says, he remembered us in our lower state, his love endures forever. Freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. It's not just that he provides for Israel, he actually provides for everybody. Uh, everybody is dependent on his generous provision. So we see his enduring love in his continual provision to Israel specifically and to all people generally. And um, even as kind of Haley summarized the psalm in this story, in that, that poetry as well. And, and the story of Israel is so much about God's love and Israel's rebellion again and again and again, and God's persistent, enduring love again and again. That's the story, is that they can confidently say, when they look back at their story, they can say, His love endures forever. He has been faithful. 
So kind of trying to summarize this, this psalm as a bit of a tool that then we can use further is that it's obviously about his love that endures, and we can see that specifically in the stories of creation, in his redemption, and in his provision. And it's really by looking back. Because looking back at the story, we see his character and are reminded. And this is what this psalm writer is doing. is an Israelite who's, who's celebrating God, and particularly in his story of creation and redemption and the stories of God's provision. And I think what the idea is, is that the, the psalm writer looks back, but then can say, God's love endures forever, so that's what I can be confident of in the future. I'm celebrating the past in order to look forward to the future. And as he finishes with this phrase, give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. So remembering, looking back, telling the story, we recognize God's character and his character is love endures forever. So then we can be confident that in the future, his love will also endure forever. So we can almost know what's going to happen. It's interesting, though, to think that um, obviously the psalm writer is writing before Jesus. And when they look back, they tell these stories. Um, they look forward to what God's love, how God's love will be expressed in the future. But if we think of what it's like to read this psalm from our day, when we look back, we can look back to the stories of Israel, but we ultimately look back to the story of Jesus as an example of his enduring love. And in the story of Jesus, we see these similar elements. Um, there's a hymn in the New Testament that really recounts and, and summarizes this story in Philippians 2. Um, and it's not so much that the story of Jesus is about him creating, although he did create. Uh, the story of Jesus is about him entering the creation as an expression of his enduring love. It says in Philippians 2, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So we see his enduring love as Jesus enters creation. We celebrate, uh, we think about, when we think about the story of Jesus, the story of Jesus starts with him humbling himself, entering creation. In the story of the creation of the world, God speaks and makes a universe. In the story of Jesus, he enters the world as a baby. He comes and is with us. In the story of creation in Genesis, the Lord is over the chaos of the waters and brings order. In the story of Jesus, he enters the chaos to be with us. In the story of creation, God commands light and makes the sun and the stars and, and gives light. In the story of Jesus, he is the light who's come into our darkness. And it's profound that he would come and identify with us and, and humble himself. And, and ultimately, we can say that that is an expression that we can remember that and say his love endures forever, that he would come and enter the creation, creator becoming creation. It's not only that, though, that we can also see the story of redemption in the story of Jesus. And again, it's not just that he um, freed slaves in Egypt um, who were in physical slavery, but he ultimately wants to save, save all people from spiritual slavery. And he did this through his death. In Philippians 2, that hymn continues and says, Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So we can look and see the enduring, God's enduring love as Jesus dies for our redemption and goes to 
the cross. Again, there's parallels with all these stories that are in the psalm, that are in the story of Israel with the story of Jesus. In the story of Israel, we, the psalmist in this passage celebrates that Pharaoh is struck down and, and defeated and they are rescued. In the story of Jesus, Satan is ultimately defeated, but it's by Jesus being struck down. He comes and takes it for us. The story of Exodus, the Lord saves with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. In the story of Jesus, he shows his love by having his own arms outstretched and nailed to a cross. In the story of the Exodus, the Lord parts the Red Sea and makes a way for freedom and from physical slavery into the wilderness and ultimately promised land. In the story of Jesus, he parts the curtain and makes a way into God's presence, which is the ultimate place of freedom. So we see there's these parallels, and it's not only... um, that Jesus came to be with us, but that he became the Passover lamb, he became the sacrifice, he is our redemption and achieved the true exodus um, in his story. Um, so we can say uh, his love endures forever when we, we see, and it's interesting just to think like the psalm writers celebrating the stories of the exodus, right? They have no idea what Jesus is going to do. Well, we can look at both. You can see both his work in creation and in Jesus and redemption as well. And obviously, though, that's not the end of the story, that Jesus came to die and to redeem, um, but then to provide, ultimately, God provides for Jesus through his resurrection, then Jesus provides the spirit for, for, our, uh, for our life. Um, in this hymn in Philippians finishes with, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God um, raises Jesus from the dead, has placed him in the highest place. And then from that place, Jesus sends his spirit and provides for us ultimately by being present with us. Uh, It says this as well in Acts 2. Um, Peter says, exalted to the right hand of God, he, Jesus, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. He provides, and ultimately the provision is himself in the Holy Spirit. We see his enduring love as Jesus rises and provides the gift of the Spirit. Again, we can look at these parallels. In the Exodus story, God provides physical food and nourishment, bread and and water. And obviously he does that for all people and does that for us. All that we have is, is from him. But in the story of Jesus, he even provides himself. Jesus is the manna, is the bread. The spirit is the water. He sustains us by his presence. In the story of the Exodus, God is given them a promised land, a physical land. In the story of Jesus, he's ultimately taking us to where he will renew heaven and earth and we'll be with him forever. And he gives the, the, the Holy Spirit as a seal of that promise that is to come. And the Exodus, God provides a way for him to dwell with the people in the tabernacle. In the story of Jesus, Ultimately, Jesus dwells with us and then in us by the Spirit. So we can look at these stories and say his love endures forever in the story of Israel. And perhaps you can say his love is even more evident that it endures forever in the stories of Jesus in creation and redemption and provision. Um, And then I think what we can do um, is take, we look, so what we're doing is looking back, right? We're looking back at the story of creation, Israel looking back for us, which is um, the story of Jesus. The psalmist would have been looking forward to that. We're looking 
back to that. But then we can also just look back in our own lives um, and use these themes to, to track and actually say um, we can look back and, and, and use that as a way to give thanks, to look back and give thanks for his love that has no end. It's powerful just to hear the story, but then we each also have a story that we could say is evidence that his love has no end. Um, we can give thanks that he has created us because our story started that he created each of us. We are here because of um, his initiative and, and love. We can give thanks that he has redeemed us. And we, if we've come to know Jesus, all have a different story of, of how he's done that in our lives. And if you have been a follower of Jesus for a little while, you, I'm sure, will have stories of how he's provided for you as well and, and met your needs and how his presence has, has ministered and helped. And it's actually really powerful not just to think about the story of Israel, just the story of Jesus, but to even recount our own story and, and look back. And sometimes it's a lot easier to see God's faithfulness when you look back. So, sometimes it might, it might be hard in, in seasons, but often I think in, in, our, um, in the present, sometimes it's harder to see. But when we look back, we can sort of say, no, I can see that he's been faithful. There's this great song that we already sung um, with this verse that we, when you can sing is so powerful, that through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. This grace has brought me safe thus far. To look back on our stories and see grace. It's, it's been a story of grace. Grace, even that we're here, we didn't create ourselves, that's grace. Grace that we've come to be saved, we can't do that ourselves, that's grace. Grace that we've been sustained, grace that he works through us, all that we have is a gift. Our story is a story of grace. But then I find, and you might as well, even, which is just an example of lack of faith, but even knowing these stories of Scripture, even knowing these stories of Jesus, even knowing these stories in my own life of God's faithfulness, I still find when I look forward, I can be uncertain and fearful or worried. Or, yes, God came through again and again and again, but I just don't know if he's really going to come through. Maybe it's just all going to go bad. Like... And that's just lack of faith, obviously. But what we're invited to do is look back with thanksgiving so that we can truly look forward with faith because it's based on his character that doesn't change. His love endures forever. So we can confidently look forward and have confidence that whatever we face in the future, there will be evidence that his love is present in the midst of it. Paul does this in Romans 8 with, from such a place of confident understanding of God's love. He says it this way, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, along with him graciously give us all things? If, if God gave Jesus, if Jesus came, if he's done the ultimate thing, if he's won the ultimate battle, then how can we be worried? There's not going to be anything else that we need that he won't give us. And I think the problem is that we forget, right? We forget the stories. We forget his character. We forget his faithfulness. We forget that he's even given us himself and then find it hard to look forward in faith. But if we can give thanks, look back, recognize his love, then we can also sing the full verse, which says, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. 
This grace has brought me safe this far, and grace will lead me home. It's based on his past grace that there's confidence for future grace, that ultimately the whole story will be a story of grace. And that's really what this psalm is about, and really what the whole Bible is about, is God's love. And again, the Hebrew word is hesed, is loving kindness, is mercy, is steadfastness, his, his faithfulness, his committedness, that actually that summarizes God, which summarizes the universe, which summarizes the story of Israel, which summarizes our lives, is a story of experiencing a God of love who endures forever. It's a story of grace. And ultimately, this psalm ends with that emphasis that his love endures forever. That, but it's interesting because the word forever is actually not there in the Greek. It, it's implied. Really, it's, it, it, in some ways, it's just his mercy. Right? And it's implied that it just goes on. Or you could say his love has no end. It won't run out. Um, the message translation um, paraphrase uses the phrase, his love never quits. It just keeps going. The love that made the world, the love that redeemed people from Israel, the love that was patient in their rebellion, the love that enters creation, the love that went to the cross, the love that defeated death, the love that drawn us to himself won't end. It's a story of grace. And we're invited to rest in that, to give thanks for that, and from a position of giving thanks, be able to trust in that for the future. So that's, that's this psalm. And, I, and what I've given you is a, is a little handout which just takes, takes this um, story, which the, the, the way this psalm writes the story is, is of creation, of redemption, of provision, and gives some prompts for you to take that story and to pray um, prayers of thanks to God based on them, um, based on the story of Israel, based on the story of Jesus, and then also based on your own story for each of those categories. And then ultimately from that place, be able to look forward in faith and give to God the things that we're worried about today or give to God the things that we're not certain about. Give to God our concerns about the world, but from a position of faith and, and thanks. So um, what we'll do is, is provide some time. Um, yeah, after we finish today. Um, actually, we might, even just, we might just do five minutes now. Yeah, we'll just do five minutes, and then you can keep going if you like or not. But you don't need a pen. The idea is that it's, it's a prompt for you to pray. Um, so if you, if you have a look at that sheet, um, you don't need to try and get through it all. But, but I guess, or, or, or if you prefer, just to have a look at Psalm 136 in this time. Um, and, and just take this and let it be your own prayer. Thank him for his faithfulness in the stories. Thank him for his faithfulness in Jesus. Thank him for his faithfulness in your own life. And then we'll come together and, and we'll sing that song forever based on this psalm again. And then um, what we'll do is just after the service, if, um, if you'd like to stay and continue to do that or just continue to pray or worship, we'll just kind of keep this space as a, as a prayerful space. Um, and if you'd like to have morning tea, you could be able to head out to have morning tea. And if you would like prayer for anything, you'll be able to come, come up during that time afterwards as well. And if, if you've heard these stories and you don't know this God, you, you've heard his story in many different ways today, Ultimately, the story of who he is is revealed in Jesus. You, you can know him. He is a God who pursues. And if you don't know him, I encourage you to call out to him, to put your trust in him. And if you'd like to pray with anybody about that, to come forward and, and see us or talk to somebody as 
well, but he's a God whose love endures forever. So Lord, we just give you thanks and, and praise, and we thank you for your story and, and your faithfulness that's so abundant. We say we're so sorry that we forget so easily, and even despite all that, we can doubt you so quickly. And we just ask God and, and give you thanks that our confidence not even in our faith, it's in, it's in your mercy, it's in your enduring love, it's in, it's in your kindness, it's in your forgiveness. And even lead us now, Holy Spirit, to make these prayers our own, to make this psalm our own, um, and to respond in praise and worship. We just invite your presence, Holy Spirit. Uh, just lead us and guide us this morning, we pray.